Hello and welcome to Monocle on Culture. I'm Robert Bound. Now, last week we previewed the films, exhibitions and books to look forward to this season. And this week we're dedicating the whole show to the sounds of the summer. I'm joined by the DJ and broadcaster Georgie Rogers and Monocle's very own senior culture correspondent, Fernando Augusto Pacheco, to recommend some of the best new album releases over the coming months and... They're both here in the studio in stereophonic sound. Georgie and Fernando, welcome to the programme. Hi. Lovely to have you here. here. I know. IRL. (laughs) IRL, exactly. In spitting distance or a stone's throw from each other, which do we favour? Stone's throw. Um, Stone's throw. Right? Stone's throw, I would say, as well. That's what what these pop shields are for, to to avoid avoid the occurrence of the other. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, It's super nice to have you both in the studio. Georgie, by the way, has come in has suffered mechanical failures and all sorts of things go wrong. But she's soldiered through to Studio One in Midori House purely for the love of music. I know. My exhaust fell off. My exhaust fell off. It wasn't the doors, but the the exhaust, (laughs) you know. So this this programme is brought to you by the power of the Northern Line or whatever it is, (laughs) rather than Yamaha or whatever it would normally be. Okay. (laughs) Um, You'd have thought we would start with you, Georgie, but we're going to let you get your breath back and we're going to start with Fernando. And, well, it's all about coming home isn't it, at the moment? <laughs> exactly. So we're going home to Brazil for you. Um, tell us, Fernando, about your first choice. Well, my first choice is very special, not only to me, but I think to many Brazilians. It's Marisa Monte. Uh, Marisa Monte, she's, uh, you know, she's a 54-year-old uh, singer. She's been around for decades in, in the Brazilian scene. But the interesting thing about her, she doesn't really follow trends, and she's quite mysterious in her own way. Mm. For example, this new album that I would talk about, called Portas, which means Doors, it's her first album with new music in more than 10 years. Uh, But it's funny that as soon as it was released, it topped the charts. And it doesn't matter because Brazilian charts at the moment, they are, you know, it's full of country music, a lot of funk. Uh And she doesn't follow that. And and, and again, there's been some criticism of the album because, of course, Brazil were going through a very difficult time with President Jair Bolsonaro and so many other issues, but the album is not really political. But some people kind of expected her to be a bit more political. But I say, you know, give her a break. I mean, I think Marisa Monte is more than that. It's a very optimistic album. Perhaps that's a sign that Brazil needs change as well. So perhaps there is a political message hidden uh, there. Uh, but I'm a big defender. I'm a big fan. And I think it's a very solid uh, album as well. Nice. Well, let's get our listeners into the mood. This is uh, new from Marisa Monte. Monte is how I've been mispronouncing no, it. Oh, that's okay. That's a sort that's... of that's a sort of so our listeners can write it down. I've sort of said it <laughs> stupidly and phonetically. And this from that album Portas is the title track. <laughs> Wow, that is something to caress yeah. the eardrums. And Welcome it, back, Marissa Monch. Absolutely, and it's interesting how emotional she is. Rob, I have to say, I never actually cried in studio, just once. <laughs> Listening to one track, I was, was doing... The, chi- the chili tasting. Yeah, I was doing a music <laughs> hours and I was introducing one of the tracks. But it's so emotional. I think every Brazilian has a love story connected to one yeah. of Marisa Monch uh, uh, tracks. So yeah, it's a very, very solid uh, album. I'm going to be spinning that this summer. I love mm. the sound of that. Yeah, We were swaying. It was. It's calmed it was you down sway. a bit. Fernando, that is beautiful as ever. That is a new album from Marisa Monch. It's called Portas, and we heard the title track from it. Georgie, it's your turn now. And this is an album that we've talked about, we're going to talk about 
on an upcoming culture show, in fact. Tell us what it is, though. Yes, so this is Lump, and the album is called Animal. And this is Laura Marling, who, of course, we know as the, you know, some of the finest British talent mm. singer-songwriter of, of our generation, really. Um, Laura Marling with Mike Lindsay from Tongue, um, and they were a Brit- British folk electronic band. And basically, um, they kind of, they met, the story goes, they met, uh, she was doing a Neil Young gig, at the after show, Mike comes down and he says, "Oh, to Laura, I've got um, I've got a song. You need to come to the studio tomorrow because I've got a song that you need to sing on." Um, and you know, she's typically she's the kind of person she does. She really hasn't ever really collaborated. She, she doesn't write with other people. She writes her own stuff, and is it's sort of like a solitary thing. She works with producers to help bring it to to life and yeah. musicians to help bring it to life. But it's very much her songwriting. And then she thought it was so funny the way he approached it that she called his bluff and went down to the studio right, the well next then. day. Yeah. <laughs> um, and anyway, and what's kind of happened is they've they've just they obviously have this really natural synergy together and sort of bring different things to to each other's songwriting but it it sort of turns out that this is more of an outlet for her I think for a less kind of sincere personal voice like it's less personal voice in the music it's much more sort of fun and individual and kind of idiosyncratic and boundaryless Um, and and yeah, it's just it's just really great. This album is really really great. There's kind of echoes of I don't know Radiohead, a moon-shaped pool in there, grizzly bear instrumentation. Um, there's kind of just like poppy. It's a bit poppier and less experimental than the first record they did because this is their second record mm-hmm. together. And they were making it down in Margate just before, so they finished it two weeks before the pandemic first lockdown. Yeah. Um, and she was doing it at the same time as Song for Our Daughter, which is which was her, Love I mean, just one of yeah. the most stunning records of last year and a record that came out at a time when we, I think we really needed it. You know, it was an intimate, yeah. beautiful listen, wasn't it? And it came just of lockdown. So she was kind of putting these two different hats to, you know, like the Very Laura Very different Marling Laura hat. Marlings as well, right? Yeah. 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 But no, the record is is really, really stunning. Um, and yeah, I just loved it. It's like all really kind of strong, solid songs. And there's, yeah, there's fun. Like there's a very colourful kind of like Yeti character in the video that they stalk in the woods. And <laughs> yeah, and the costumes are just much more, like the materials and the look and feel of it is is really different. But um, it's it's amazing. I mean, I could listen to her sing on anything yeah. and it would be she phenomenal. She could sing but, the side, sidebar on a box of cornflakes. Yeah. But the interesting thing as well is the way that they worked on it, um, Mike Lindsay basically really made the sonic kind of that he made all the music mm-hmm. and so it was sort of very free flowing for her in a sense that she came and basically just came into the studio and had to do all the lyrics and things. Yeah. And then they added a few other bits but really what she was working to was kind of a done thing that she yeah. then had to then put her thing on and she said that they just it wasn't over, you know they didn't they don't talk about you know what are we trying to do here like what does this mean they just let it be what it is. No, late- your, I like your, your noodly, moody <laughs> songwriter voice. What are we trying to do here, man? Yeah, yeah. what what's are we trying the, to say? What's the vibe? Yeah. Okay. Whereas they, no label knew about either album. No, you know, they just went and did it. And, yeah. she, and she said that that was a really amazing place to start start from because there's no expectation. No one knows about it. And she said that's a great sort of place of privilege to work from that starting point. Yeah. It's when nice no when you can play to your strengths or people only want you to do one bit of the job that you'd normally do all of and things like that. It set, sets you free, I suppose. Yeah. It's really, yeah. really good. And working with someone where someone else is, 
yeah, kind of supplying the templates and you just have to pour in your, your lyrics and your mm. voice and all the rest of it. It's nice. We're yeah. going to hear Georgie from that album from Lump, a track called Climb Every Wall. Climb Every Wall Okay, that was Georgie's choice. That was Lump. And we've got a programme where we interviewed Laura Mullion and Mike Lindsay at the end of the month to come out when that record comes out. And that is July the 30th. So watch out for our Monocle and Culture later on this month. Thanks, Georgie. Back to Fernando, tossing the ball back over the net. Um, it's the Pacheco serve. What are, you, uh, what are you hitting over the net at us this time? Well, we're heading to Belgium now. Um, okay. it's, it's a singer, uh, Claire Lafou. I mean, she's, she's been around for quite a few years, but she was just releasing singles and she didn't have a proper first album. But it's finally coming out early September. It's called Bleu. Uh, and, and again, I love Claire Lafou. I mean, we play here, uh, her music here at Monaco 24. I think it's very fresh. I think it's perfect for the summer. Uh, you know, it's kind of this dreamy kind of electro. But she uses quite a lot of, um, you know, quite a lot of African beats in her album as well so there's a little bit of kind of you know world music here and there uh, and, and it's interesting that uh, I'm not sure if there is a great pop music scene there in Belgium but there's a lot of singers coming out there a lot there. of good DJs a lot, yeah, of, kind a lot of, of good DJs they, they, yeah, coming, yeah. Uh, we, we have Angèle uh, she's one of the most popular singers in France also from Belgium and I think Claire Lafou would do very well uh, with this album some of the tracks we already know because it's, they're being released for two or three years. Uh, but now they're all going to be packaged in a beautiful album. Of course, she strung that out. Yeah, she managed. <laughs> she managed. And, and I'm glad she's singing in French now, because yeah. the beginning of her career, she was singing in English. But then she decided to change. She said, you know what, I feel more comfortable and connected, and connected singing in my own language. I think she did a good uh, choice doing that as well. Okay, so we're going to hear a track from Fernando's Choice, Claire Lafou, And this is uh, from the album Bleu. This is Nudes. That is nudes from the album Bleu, new from Fernando Augusto Pacheco's choice for the summer, Claire Lafour. Um It says in the notes, we like nudes in partnership with Yusul with its sexy, insistent beats. We also like the opening track of the album, MDMA. Sorry, I wrote that, actually. It's all right. So, I mean, so who doesn't like sexy, insistent beats, Who doesn't beats, like right? all of those things? Exactly. <laughs> it's a good, it's a kind of sign, it's a good sort of sign of, of intent, uh, an opening track called that. That's, that's perfectly good. Um, what does that song sound like? Well, Is uh, that blissed out, perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think MDMA is an, is an excellent track as well. Um, and again, heavy kind of kind of African drums there as well. So there's some unexpected things there as well. So it's not just kind of a generic uh, electropop, even though sometimes there's no problem with generic electropop. Yeah. But I think uh, Claire Lafou <laughs> elevates that uh, a little bit more as well. And she's quite, uh, you know... She, she she loves kind of the fashion world as well. She was the face of uh, the Gabrielle perfume from Chanel. Uh -huh. So she has kind of that other side of her as well, which yeah, I yeah, yeah. Quite, quite interesting. Multi-talented. Yes. I like it. <laughs> um, and on the subject of singing in your native language or in you know English, whatever, 
obviously we read so much about the sort of Netflixification of kind of you know subtitled drama, and everyone's kind of like everyone's fine to watch things in Danish or Brazilian or whatever, you know. And what what about pop, with pop music? Do you feel that there is? I mean, obviously, no, I know here on Monocle Twenty Four, their international listenership and all the rest of it. We're listening to all sorts of different music sung in all sorts of different languages. Do you, Fernando, kind of feel that there's something like that happening in pop music where people are much happier to listen to if you're English, say, or American, you're happy to listen to stuff in French or Arabic or Korean or whatever it might be? Well, I, I think especially, you know, it's difficult in the United States and, and here in the UK because mm. English is so predominant everywhere. Mm. And I think sometimes it's a shame that there's not many uh, songs not in English in the charts. I mean, there are very few exceptions. Uh, for example, you have BTS uh, here and there. Yeah. I'm talking about the mainstream Christine charts. Christine the Queens. I know, that's that what first I used to exactly. came out in French. That was a moment. Yeah. Or did she t- put it out in English first and then it went, she released the French version? I can't yeah, remember which sure. way around Maybe it was. Maybe they were simultaneous. simultaneous. I, can't, I'm not, yeah. I can't remember, but I definitely listened to the French version. Yeah. Two yeah. times, yeah. I yeah. loved the French coming through. Me too, yeah. yeah. I think songs sound different in another language. Even when you listen to German hip-hop, it's quite interesting as well. Mm. Um, talking about hip-hop, even you should listen to hip-hop from Mongolia. Okay. It's quite fascinating as yeah. well. And, 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 and I think people should be a bit more adventurous. Yeah. Here's to that. We're, we're into that. We can handle that. <laughs> okay. Um, Fernando has chosen Claire Lafou, and the album is called Bleu. And it's out on September the 3rd. <laughs> I said that a bit wonkily. Never mind. It's fine. <laughs> we're in the studio. Nothing can go wrong. Holly's making a face at me through the glass. Um, Georgie, um, we're going back to you now. Um, this is an August release by Martha Wainwright, who I love, called Love Will Be Reborn. Should we have a bit of it? Yes. First. This is a track called Falaise de Malaise. Il me poursuit dans la nuit and was crazy in the dark and there were lots and lots and lots of sparks. Des cailloux de malheur dans mes veines. Oh, and then seamless, in seamless links news. I know. There was one. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think it's like singing singing in French? Oh, here's Martha Wainwright. Yeah. Hello, and that's the only that track was unexpected. On, that's the only track on the album where she does. Well, it's beautifully chosen. Holly's Holly's been working on this yeah. very closely. You can that's tell. production. That is production <laughs> with a capital P P P. <laughs> I mean, Martha Wainwright. What a wonderful woman she is! What an amazing songwriter! What a great voice! Yeah, it's um, like liquid and what honey, territory isn't it? are we here with this new one? Yeah, so yeah, of course. I mean, Martha Wainwright, very musical family in Canada. No daughter, slouches. No daughter of Loudon Wainwright the third and Kate McGarrigal, mm. sister of Rufus Wainwright. And this is her first new album in five years, but it's her first new album of all original songs in ages since 2012's "Come Home to Mama." Um, because the last record had it was kind of a lot of covers and songs that other people had written for her and so the lead track Love Will Be Reborn that sort of came off the back of a very hard time for her so she went through quite a messy divorce and she had two small children with the partner and she said that she was just kind of it was like the lowest time of her life and so she wrote this song that just sort of flew out of her I think she was in London on tour and she went round to Ed Harcourt's house and was I sent him off for a Sunday roast with his family and then came back and was <laughs> sent like Ed off for a Sunday roast yeah sent, off sent him off right. start, and then she said this song just flew out of her in, in 10 to 15 minutes and he came back and she was like sorry the song's done just you know <laughs> 
Well, he wiped gravy from his, she, from his shirt. Yeah, and she wiped <laughs> tears from her face. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so she had this really, you know, this really difficult time. She said, like, the, the kind of the lowest low that she'd felt. But then, very unexpectedly, coming out of the back of this divorce, she met someone else and someone really positive came into her life and just totally unexpectedly. So this record is kind of like the Love Will Be Reborn track became sort of an anthem for her for better times and then obviously throw a pandemic into the mix. It sort of takes on a whole new meaning in a way. And it's just, it's really classic Martha at her finest, you know. It's just, you know... It's, it's permeated with a sense of hope. It's so real. Her songwriting, you just relate to it. Anyone that's been through love and loss and heartbreak and the just the, the mess of, of a relationship breaking down, that's all pour, poured into this record. And, and it really is her most personal work ever. It's a lot, you yeah. know, but in a, in a, it, you know, it's a not a laugh a minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, she, she's in a kind of interesting bracket in American music, isn't she, in a way. She's sort of not country like a Lucinda Williams but she's or a Roseanne Cash but she's in a sort of sort of somewhere between kind of bluesy soul-y she does torch songs this I mean you know she's obviously written hugely personally what what where where would you nestle her in a kind of pantheon of of performers do you know what I mean because she's kind of straddles lots of different genres yeah maybe she's just her own I think she almost is she's a Wainwright yeah she's a Wainwright (laughs) she's a Wainwright so that'll do I think people that are into Martha's music. I don't think it would be for everyone, but the people that are, I think, are really staunch fans. Like, I remember those first two records coming out and going to see her at the Barbican, I think, or Southbound Centre in London. Um, And, you know, people, like, just... If you connect with her music, I think you connect in a very profound way because it is just so... It's so personal. The songwriting craft, the voice is like liquid honey. Mm. It's just... Her voice is so beautiful and what she can do with that voice... Um, you know, it really does. Like, it just, it's just, uh, it's a, it's a very distinctive voice, and it soars over this record. It's sort of, I don't know, how I wrote it down. It's like a kind of very elegant bird, let's say, like a golden eagle, <laughs> just soaring, and it d- swoops. And do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it, it takes you on on this journey, and yeah, it's just gorgeous. That is beautifully and beautifully put. That is new from Martha Wainwright, who can do no wrong. As far as we in no. Studio One seem to say, yeah. <laughs> uh, and she, uh, thank God, she says love will be reborn. That's out on <laughs> August the twentieth. Thank you very much, Georgie. Faye, it's your final recommendation for summer, um, and you've picked a South African singer called Muzi. Yes, he's a uh, you know very popular, also DJ uh, in South Africa. And Rob, I have to say, you know, I do the global countdown where I look at the charts everywhere in the world. South Africa is a country that I'm so interested at the moment. Mm. I mean, they love electronic music. You know, it's it's there in the top ten. So many examples. I think Muzi is part of that. Uh, and he, it's the kind of even when you look at the videos he makes, it's quite Afrofuturism at its best in a way. And his music, I was reading a bit, a bit more about that. I mean, if you're interested in South African music, have a look at the bubblegum music scene from the 80s, which is kind of a synth pop from South Africa during right. that time. So he kind of, not steals, but he, he's quite influenced by that period. Um, so I think he's, you know, and, and I'm very excited about this upcoming album. Apparently they don't have a date specifically when it's coming out, but I think it's going to be September. Uh, and the title track's called Interblactic. 
that's going to be the name of the album as well. Okay. It, it's pretty cool. I mean, I think, you know, I think we're ready to go to the dance floor, right, as well? Oh, yes. I mean, yeah. Maybe <laughs> I we, think I've, wore, I've worn out all the carpets in my house exactly. dancing around for the last yeah, year Yeah, I mean, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Right. Uh, it's a great track. I mean, shall, shall we have a listen? Let's have, let's have a listen. Told you I'm a boss, you've ignored that. How's that for a throwback? Tell me what you really want to do. Picture perfect, I enjoy the view. Red lips, kinky hair, black skin, free as hell. That is Interblactic. It's uh, new from Muzi. It's the title track of an upcoming album, which Fernando says is coming out in September. Um, Lots going on in that. I kind of... Uh, there's lots of, I mean, I suppose South Africa is one of those music scenes which kind of had, there was a bit of obviously a stricture on the music that came in and not everything was available. I suppose it's also like a big, it was a big tape culture, right? I mean, you know what I mean? That, that's, that's, that's one of those things that sort of sounds like where that sound comes from as well. Um, what are you hearing in that? What are the, what are the influences? Well, as I said, this bubblegum movement and they have, you know, I, I don't want to say the wrong name of this kind of uh, rhythm, but it's called Amapiano, which is quite, you know, the tracks are quite uh, breathy, if I may say that. Yeah. You know, that it, 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 Amor Piano. Yeah, I love am, it. Amor Piano, yeah. Okay. It's, uh, you know, so that's soft love. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, love you that. know, and if you look at, at the top ten, they're quite similar, kind of these breathy vocals, you know, quite, yeah. quite sexy in a way yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you should definitely look at other South African artists as well. And he looks amazing. I mean, again, we're talking about Claire Lafou and her connection with fashion. I think Muzi as well, when it comes to visuals, uh, it's just... Unbeatable, especially with good music as well. You always choose something sexy, Fernando. Yeah, I, I kind of like sexy music. George I have and to I say. Are fun yeah. with it. That was very like sachet on the way. Yeah, that, that was pretty good. Floor. That was definitely yeah. <laughs> and like, you'd walk in the club just yeah, a little bit big like. Time. Hey. Yeah, it's <laughs> my soundtrack. Oh, you put my soundtrack on. Thanks. <laughs> and, and it's funny because that's the type of music I listen at home. I don't yes, listen to, to ballads except my Dizamonch <laughs> at, at home. <laughs> it's a party at Fernando's house, and he to warm us up is putting on Muzi. From it, we heard Intergalactic. Thank you very much indeed for all of your recommendations. Georgie, we're coming back to you now, finally. Um, You've got another side project Mm -hmm. vibe going on. Tell us about this one. Yeah, so Big Red Machine. Um, So this is Aaron Dessner, who is primary songwriter of The National Bands. And this is his side project with Justin Vernon, who is Bon Iver. And they put out a debut album in 2018. And when that came out, I was just like, oh, my God, this is a match made in heaven. Bonnie <laughs> there. And, and then I was like, any... Were you flawed? Yeah, I was flawed. Yeah, big tick box. Any national fans, yep. Any Bonnie there fans, yep. Double tick. Yeah. But this is the second record, and... It's kind of like Aaron Dessner has just pulled in all of his very famous friends. Taylor Swift. Tick. Anais Mitchell. Yes. Robin Pecknold from Fleet Foxes. Hi. Ben Howard. Lisa Hannigan. Sharon Van Etten. This is the kit. Um, you know, just, just, a, just a handful. I love all of those people. Yeah. That's all an great. excellent... And does it, is this album as good as the sum of, it, of its parts? Yes, it is. So, I mean, Taylor Swift, basically, Aaron Dessner and Justin Vernon worked on those Grammy-winning, I think, yeah. on the album of the year, didn't it? Folklore, but Folklore yeah. and Evermore, which is the, the lockdown albums that Taylor Swift did. So she's on a couple of tracks, one that's sort of a little bit more subtle, just sort of she adds vocals to, and one that is a very kind of Taylor Swift lead track, you know, yeah. with... with her vocal um but but really really great and then it's kind of it's kind of Aaron Dessner it's it's sort of his songwriting sort of emotionality that is the thread throughout the whole record but then sung through other voices Mm -hmm. 
He does sing three songs on this album, which is an, an interesting thing because on the last record he didn't. I don't think he sang on the last record, so he's sort of finding his voice a little bit more. Uh, and there's a track called "The Ghost of Cincinnati," which um, he sings, and it kind of has like a Jose Gonzalez, er- Elliot Smith sort of vibe okay. to his vocal. Uh-huh. And then otherwise, it's just yeah, it's it's kind of loads of loads of collaborative friends. He obviously has amazing chemistry with her, with them because half of them he's worked with before, um, and like he worked on Ben Howard's latest album, Collections from the Whiteout, and that's the only track on the record here that it sort of sounds like that could have been left over from those sessions. Uh-huh. It it sort of takes you a bit out of the general feel of the rest of and I don't know if that's just because Ben Howard has sort of got his own vibe and things I don't know but it's but it's still I mean it's still a great track but it that was obviously part of what they'd been working on and then he brought that into the record should we have a little bit we should have a little taste yeah we're gonna have Georgie Renegade and this is featuring the aforementioned Taylor Swift Okay, that was Big Red Machine, um, which has got a cast list, cast of thousands, yeah. but primarily Aaron Dessner um, and uh, Justin Vernon from Bon Iver. Um, and that was a track called Renegade featuring Taylor Swift. And that was chosen by Georgie Rogers. And that album is out on the 27th of August. Yes. Tick, tick, tick. Tick, tick, tick. That was a really good bit of stock taking at the end of the programme, wasn't it? I've been in a funny mood. I think it's so <laughs> excited to be in the studio with actual real people. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's gotten silly. But before we go, we wanted to ask you, Georgie, one more question about what is the prospect of seeing any of this stuff that we've talked about today and all the other stuff in person, in live, in festivals and gigs and things? Well, I mean, we are... It's been touch and go, hasn't it, for a minute there? Yeah. Um, and then when the restrictions were put back by month, that obviously crippled a few festivals and you know, forced a bunch to cancel. But we seem to be... You know, the test events are happening for some of the big ones, so Latitude are going to be one of the gov- the government's research test yeah. events. They did it with Download Festival, um, and um, that was 10,000 people, and off the back of that, you, know, you had to take... Um, two PCR tests, and it seemed to go quite well. Um, Which is the messiest festival? <laughs> I mean, like, there's some, you know, Latitude's fairly chilled out, isn't it? It's quite kind of, yeah. you know. But it's still, like, thousands and thousands of people, yeah. and they're doing it full capacity. I thought Reading might not be the best idea. <laughs> no. <laughs> but then if they did download and people were moshing, yeah. you know, the mosh was, yeah, I suppose was, so. was alive. Yeah. Um, and it seemed to be okay. I mean, there were some reports that, the findings weren't very conclusive because I think some people didn't do the PCR tests and that they were meant right. to and whatever. So I don't know, but we're at a point now, the restrictions are lifting and the first weekend back, kind of 23rd of July weekend, seems to be lots happening. And yeah, I mean, in theory, it should be back to normal. So at least we'll be able to get a few in this, yeah. you know, towards the end of the summer. But more than half of... Festivals above 50,000 have been... It's thought that more than half of festivals over 50,000 have been cancelled this year. What, what so you, it's not... Uh, I mean, it's, it's tough. Yeah. The, the sector is hurting. Yeah. And yes, we might be able to start the recovery by getting a few in, you know, towards the end of the summer. But um, I think, yeah, I mean... Anything, we want an Indian summer, don't we, that lasts in sort of, sort of September. Yeah. So we can get out there. What are you... Have you got anything 
are you covering anything are you have you booked anything well like? yeah i'm i'm a bit more on the smaller festival vibe so yeah. i'm hopefully going to we out here if that happens but i think they will i think they'll all, i think they will all happen we out here which is giles peterson's worldwide oh, yeah. one um that's the new one that I went to a couple of years ago which was amazing um so we're going to that and then end of the road hopefully djing the disco ship <laughs> Love it. <laughs> just waiting on timings, but yeah. So end of the road as well, and then yeah, that I think I'll just keep it at that for this year. Nice. I'm going to do a little recap. Thank you very much for everything. Um, I'm going to do a little recap. Uh, Georgie talks about Big Red Machine. Um, Fernando talks about Muzi. Uh, Georgie talks about Martha Wainwright. You chose to talk about Fernando Claire Lafou, and Georgie talked about Lump. Well, we kicked off with Fernando talking about Marissa Monch. I can't believe I've been saying it wrong for all these years. Good pronunciation. Yeah, Marisa Monge. It's really nice, isn't it? Brazilian Portuguese, isn't it? Lovely. Mm. It's a good sound. Um, that is all we've got time for today. Thank you to my guests, Georgie Rogers and Fernando Augusto Pacheco, and thank you for coming into the studio. It's much appreciated. Um, Monocle on Culture was, of course, produced by Holly Fisher, and I've been Robert Bounds. We'll be back at the same time next week, but for the time being, from all of us, thanks for tuning in. Thank you.